Can you do me a favor and welcome everybody who is joining us online today? Let them know how glad we are that they're here. A couple of things before we get really into the message, I wanna let you know that just like the video you just saw, uh, Giving Hope is this coming Saturday, and you can still sign up to volunteer, and you can go on our website, and you can do that. I think it's uh, vibrantchurch.com forward slash events, and you could do all of that, and I want you to come be a part of that, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's a great thing to help families. Also, this coming Wednesday, everybody say Wednesday. Wednesday. One more time, say Wednesday. Normally is our first Wednesday where we really have a, a powerful night of worship and preaching, and a lot of times we'll open the altar and pray with people. It's a really powerful night. Uh, we are going to be holding off on our regular first Wednesday service, and we're going to be doing our uh, Dream Team Christmas party. So if you're on the Dream Team in any capacity, and you've served one time or you've served a thousand times, you've held a door one time. If you're just interested in being on the volunteer Dream Team, we want you to come that night. And so we need to let, we want you here, okay? We want you here. We're going to have fun. We're going to have some food. We're going to hang out. And please make plans to attend, and you could, uh, you could be here. It's going to be a lot of fun. And one more thing uh, before I, it's a lot of housekeeping today. Is that okay? All right, all right. Must have been some uh, Auburn fans in the room today. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, somebody back there in the, yeah, the nosebleeds was like, praise God, pray for me. This coming, uh, we're really excited to be starting our Christmas series today. We're going to be leading it all the way to our Christmas services are going to be December the 18th, December the 19th as well, Saturday and Sunday. And you can reserve your ticket to be in the room. We want you to please invite people, invite friends, invite family. This is a great time. A lot of people won't come to church any other time of the year, but on Christmas. And so you have the opportunity to invite somebody to join you, to sit with you, to be with you. You have all those service options to do so. And let's just believe God's going to save a lot of people during Christmas. Amen. All right. Everybody say the invitation. This is the series we're going to be going through for the next few weeks leading up to Christmas. And I subtitled this, Make Up Your Mind. Everybody say, Make Up Your Mind. In life, we often receive invitations from family and friends to be a part of something something special. We'll be invited to a dinner or we'll be invited to uh, a graduation party. Up north, we do a lot of graduation parties. You'll be invited to a, a weekend or a wedding or a baby dedication. Maybe you're here today because a family member invited you because of baptisms today, or maybe you can be invited to church. We, we receive invitations because there is something uh, that someone wants us to be a part of, and, and it's special to them, and they want you to join them in the, the event. Now, when you read the story of Christmas, didn't the lobby look amazing today, by the way? Isn't that wonderful? When you read the story of Christmas, you find immediately that the scriptures let us know that around the birth of Christ, you can see that invitations are sent to others to experience this newborn king. There are invitations sent. There are um, opportunities given. So you see, in like Luke chapter 2, you'll find that the angels appeared to shepherds and invite them to come see this new king, Jesus. 
You also find that a star in Matthew chapter 2 reveals itself to the wise men. And the wise men take that star as an invitation to go find this newborn king. Not only that, but you find that dreams are given and God is speaking to his people and the invitation is come, has come to this new, to come experience this newborn king. And you'll find in the next few weeks that in this story, some come, some encountered and experienced Jesus, uh, some declined or ignored the opportunity, and some missed the moment altogether. And I think that's where many of us are today. There are many of us who have received the invitation, but not all of us have accepted the invitation. It's like the Christmas song that says, let earth receive her king. And I want you to know today that I believe there are many people who have been invited to church, but have never accepted Jesus. You could be sitting in rows today, you could be watching online, and you can be educated about God, but yet have never truly accepted God. You, you can know a lot about church and a lot about the Bible. You can be raised around certain people who, who maybe have a relationship with God, but that does not necessarily transfer over to you, and you yourself have never received the invitation to experience God in your own life. I read a story not long ago of D.L. Moody, um, who gave the opportunity for people to be saved in a service and, and talked to an individual after the service and was, was pleading with him to give his life to Christ. And the man declined, though he was intrigued. A few days later that he was injured tragically at his job, it was a sawmill, and in his dying breath, they say the eyewitnesses around him was quoted saying that how he rejected, in his agony of physical pain, how he regretted rejecting Jesus. Re that moment did not accept the invitation. And maybe, hear me today, it's not just salvation. And that, not for everybody in this room can relate to that first idea that it's salvation that you haven't accepted. Maybe it's the invitation to take the next step in your faith. Maybe it's the next step to be baptized or the next step to forgive somebody or to leave the past behind or to love your neighbor as you love yourself or to join a small group or to join a serve team or to tithe, that the Holy Spirit could be inviting you this series this Sunday has sent an invitation to you saying, hey, listen, I got big life for you. The Bible says I, got, I can give you abundant life. And I'm sending you that invitation because you can be saved and still living below what God asked you to live in. And so he's sending this invitation. And I believe the king is sending invitations out. And by the end of this series, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to pull on your heart to be who God has called you to be. Maybe you haven't been saved. I pray you'll be saved. I said, I pray you be saved. If, you, if you've never been baptized, I pray that through this series, you will make the decision to be baptized. If you have never, ever tithed in your life, my prayer is that through the end of the year that you make the decision, you know what, I'm not going into 2022 not being a tither. If his word is asking me to do so, I wanna do it. What is God inviting you to in December 
this coming month, what is God inviting you to in this next season of your life? Now, I wanna take you somewhere in Luke chapter 14. We're talking about the invitation and Luke chapter 14 says this in verse 16 in the English Standard Version. He said, uh, but he said to him, Jesus is at a table with people and he tells this story. A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. They all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have uh, bought five yoke of oxen and I go to examine them and please have me excused. In verse 20, and another said, I have married a woman. And therefore, I cannot attend the party. You have to understand that culturally, in that time, to be invited to a wedding was the pinnacle of their social experience. These were invitations that really mattered. You have to understand that there were normally two invitations sent. They sent an invitation of the day to come to the day. And then the second invitation was that when they were ready on the day of that day. Does that make sense? It's almost like when you're invited over for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is the day, but they let you know when dinner's ready, right? That's kind of the idea. The invitation has been sent. Everybody has been told about the invitation, and according to the word, they have accepted the initial invitation, the idea of coming to this wedding. But when the time had come for the second come on in, they begin to make excuses. The first thing I want you to catch is this. In, in the verse 16, it says that many, many people were invited. Let me say this to you. Many are invited. There are no restrictions, no prerequisites, no resumes. You are welcome regardless. If there's something that you need to be thankful for today, it is the idea that God opened up eternity to many. To many, to not just people who have it all together, not just people who are really, really good people, but for all of us. Jesus said, I didn't come for people who are well, I came for people who were sick. Many people are welcome. Even Michigan fans, if you're from Michigan, you're welcome here. I don't want to talk to you, but I'm glad you're here today. Many are invited invited. I want to be a part of a church that welcomes many. I don't want to be a part of a church that just invites the wealthy. I don't want to be a part of a church that just invites the poor. I don't want to be a part of a church that just invites the white and just invites the black. I don't want to be a part of a church that just invites the social, the social, uh, uh, the, the very uh, impressive type. So they live in this neighborhood or live in that neighborhood. I want to be a part of a church that you can look on one row and see a businessman with his family, and then you can look down another row and see some person that you know have been had some hard years. That's the kind of church, vibrant church is. We're going to be a church where many, many, many are invited. 
But what happens next, the Bible says that many make excuses. Verse 18 says, but they all alike begin to make excuses. One writer said this, that to have accepted the invitation that was first given, and yet when the actual banquet came, they changed their mind to accept the invitation beforehand and then refuse it the day came, when the day came was a grave insult. They made excuses. Now, I just want to show you the excuses that they made. Verse 18 says, I bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. Here's the first excuse many of us have are responsibilities. Responsibilities. Few people buy property, hear me, without seeing it first. It's already been purchased. Why do you got to go look at it? But he's resp- there's no urgency to come to the banquet. It's just an excuse. Life and bills and travel and sports and can so easily become the real priority in our lives. And God just slides down and becomes second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. We've been given a great invitation, but what excuses have you, have you come up with that's under the category of responsibilities that I don't have time to pray or I don't have time to go to church or I don't have time to do that. I don't have time to serve on serve days. I, I don't have time to be a part of, of that because I have responsibilities, Pastor Ethan. You don't understand. Listen to me, you're not making excuses to Pastor Ethan. (laughs) Am I helping anybody? You're not making excuses to me. You're making excuses to God. The next thing you see is, is resources. Verse 19 says, and another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm gonna go and examine them. <laughs> what, do you, what does that look like? Please have me excuse. Again, no one buys oxen without first test driving them. He like literally is telling the master at the banquet that, that I bought my oxen online and I have not seen them and I need to go look at their hooves. I don't know what they look at. This is an excuse of work and income and status and materialists. This is, this is the excuse of wealth and financial security. And I, would, I would give, but I can't afford it. I would serve, I would, I would, I would, I would. But I can't, I can't, I can't. I got oxen to go look at. I know we laugh because we would never talk about oxen. Like, I don't know if anybody in this room literally has like an oxen that they rode to church today in or on or around. I I wouldn't even know what an oxen is. (laughs) Is that an oxen? But I want you to hear me today. We don't say those words, but it's the same spirit. 
It's the same principle. We have an excuse. The third one is this, and it's relationships. Relationships. These are straight out of the Bible, by the way. These are so common to hear on day-to-day life. Verse 20, and another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I can't come. Now, according to the law of the time, newlyweds could be excused from business or serving in the military, but there was nothing against social gatherings. There was nothing against it, that they could come, but they decided to make the relationships a priority over the invitation. I don't know your story, I don't know your life, but, but this is a big one right here, because we can justify this one. Because, because many of us can be like, yeah, he shouldn't work that much, or yeah, they should give, or they should serve, or they, they, they. But many of us have taken our families, and they're good things, but we've made them the ultimate thing. Let me tell you something, that your family needs you to prioritize God. You don't wanna prioritize your family over God. I know people can disagree with me and say, well, Pastor Ethan, you know, I believe it's family, I believe it's God, I believe it's country, I believe it's family, and we'll get to God, but I want you to hear me today that this country will fall apart if we don't put God first. And our families won't, won't stay together if we don't put God first. The family was God's number one priority, but at the same time, he put himself in the government of the family. I want you to hear me today, is that notice none of these things are bad. They're not sins, they're not lies, they're not abusing, they're not stealing. That's not, that's not why they didn't come to the banquet. It was because they took good things and made them ultimate things. Excuses, excuses. It's not that they couldn't, hear me. It's that they wouldn't. Let me show you this, that if it's important to you, you will find a way. If not, you will find an excuse. I can't come to church because I don't have the right kind of clothes. Or Pastor Ethan, that's my sleep-in day. I may get in trouble with this one. I mean, let me be careful right here. But, but, but I think that, that we have to be cautious with COVID and restrictions and the CDC, and I understand, and there are people that watch online because of their fear of getting in the room, and I told, people have pre-existing health conditions, and hear me, from my mouth, I understand. I want you to be careful, and if you're not feeling well here today, skedaddle, skedaddle, skedaddle. We don't, we don't want anybody getting sick, but hear me, hear me, some people and it ain't going to everybody, but there's somebody watching me right now or somebody in the room needs to hear this. Some people, the CDC has answered your prayers. That, that you have, have, have now become comfortable and now the excuse is, I just am not, I'm not comfortable with the crowds and the people and the, there's just so many, you know, pastors. But yet, Black Friday, lined up. Come on, I see your post, you're at the, you're at the Alabama-Auburn game. You're at the state game. Come on, and, and let's not get 
ridiculous and realize how inconsistent those excuses can be. Excuses, if, you, if it's important to you, if God's house is important to you, you will find a way to get here. If prayer is important to you, you will find a way to pray. If his word is important to you, if you gotta get a 15 minutes earlier or you gotta say a 15 minutes later, you will make his word a priority. If not, you'll make an excuse. Am I helping anybody? It's, it is human nature to become uh, enamored with our excuses. Adam and Eve made an excuse or had excuses because of their sin. Moses made excuses because of his stutter. Gideon made excuses because of his poverty. Jeremiah made excuses because of his age. Jonah made excuses because he didn't like the people he had to preach to. Are you seeing this? That we are masters at self-deception. I want you to hear me. A good excuse is not always a good answer. <laughs> there is a danger to a really good excuse. Like, like Pastor Ethan, we would get married. We would. I love her. And bless her heart. Did I use it right? The, working on it. I love her, he love, we understand, we are just gonna live together, we're not gonna get married because, because it will mess up our taxes. That's an excuse. And people around you can pat you on the back and think that's noble, that's right, but in the eyes of God, hear me church, you are making an excuse. I've heard people say, we're just practicing being married. Actually, you're practicing no commitment. Read the studies. I would tithe. I want to bring that one back up again. I can't afford it. It's an excuse. A lot of people can, you're right, you can't afford it. They got enough money. Look at those lights. You know, look at that screen. That's nice. They got enough. They don't, the church does, God doesn't need that. They would, God wouldn't even notice. It's between you and God, absolutely. Absolutely. However, you need to understand that you can easily slip into this excuse between you and God. If you want it, if you really want to make that happen in your life, you'll find a way. You ever notice that when your kids go to the store with you and your kids say, uh, you know, hey, Dad, you go down. one of the worst decisions I ever made as a parent was accidentally going down the toy aisle. This is a total mistake. When I go down the toy aisle, I gotta tell Judah, uh, my little five-year-old, and tell him uh, we can't afford it. We, we just can't afford it. We're poor, son, we can't do it. It's literally like a $3 toy, but no, no, we can't afford it. Because here's the thing, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. He has enough, I don't wanna do that. If your wife came to you this afternoon and said, baby, I've been thinking about it. I really think we should go on vacation with my mom. You'd be like, can't afford it. <laughs> Am I right about it? <laughs> the reason being is because you don't want to. My mother-in-law normally watches on Sunday, so it's true. I wouldn't do it. Anyway, I'm just kidding. <laughs> God in his greatness and in his sovereignty has sent out these invitations 
to a life of purpose and peace and fulfillment and healing and abundant life and eternal life. And we make excuses. Let me ask you today, do you accept the invitation? Do you accept the opportunity presented to you during this Christmas season? I recently read a story about a man named George Wilson in 1830. He was a government employee who caught him in the act of, uh, who was caught in the act of robbing uh, the mail. And when Wilson was tried and sentenced to be hanged, President of the United States, Andrew Jackson sent Wilson a pardon. But Wilson did a strange thing. He refused to accept the pardon. No one seemed to know what to do with this situation, so Wilson's case was presented to the U.S. Supreme Court. Chief Justice Marshall wrote in his opinion of the matter, a pardon is a slip of paper, the value of which is determined by the acceptance of the person to be pardoned. If it is refused, it is no pardon. George Wilson must be hanged. A pardon was written. An invitation was sent. The governor had called, yet he refused to accept it, making that paper just a piece of paper. The invitation that was given became void because he didn't want to accept the invitation. My question for you today, what will you do with your invitation? Whether you came by the invite of a star, wise men, or you came by the invite of angels, or a classmate, or a Facebook post, or a message, or a prayer time, I need you to understand today that you have a responsibility to check yes on the invitation. This week, I, just last night, Last night, I received a text message. I've never seen one of these. I received a text message from Guy Mackey and Kim Mackey who said, it was an Eve light. I've never got one of these. I, I click on it, and it says, you've been invited to an event where the Mackeys are inviting the entire church to their house. Everybody's invited. You can all come. Is that what it said? Yeah, everybody go. Just follow them after service. They'll give you directions. <laughs> But I, but I opened up the text, and it said it was an invitation to a gathering. And at the very end of the invitation, it said, do you accept? Are you coming, yes or no? Just last night, I saw that. Here's what I want you to hear today by the Holy Spirit. I don't know what your Evite is. I don't know what the Holy Spirit has sent you. I don't know what has been nudging in your heart, what sin to let go. I don't know what secret you need to, to meet with somebody about. I don't know if you need to go to counseling. I don't know if you need to come get prayer. I don't know if you need to, to talk to God. I don't know if you need to repent. I don't know if you need to get married. I don't know what the Holy Spirit is saying, but today you have a yes or no option. And you cannot keep delaying and keep putting it off and keep putting it off because I, I wanna tell you today, you have to. You have to say yes. For the sake of your legacy, say yes. For the sake of your family, 
say yes. For the sake of your spiritual well-being, you need to say yes to the invitation. Whatever it is the Holy Spirit is prompting in your heart, whatever it is that's coming to your life and God is asking of you to make the next step, I'm challenging you today to say yes and make the decision and say, as for me in my house, we're gonna say yes. My marriage will say yes. My family will say yes. My ministry will say yes. My future will say yes. But something happens in the text that I find interesting because so many people said no. Watch what happens. Luke 14, verse 21. So the servant came and reported all these excuses to the master. And the master of the house became angry and said to the servant, go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the cripple and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, sir, what you commanded has been done and there is still room. There's still room. I don't know, I don't wanna preach for an hour right here, but I've come to tell you today that old song is true. There's still room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, there's still room for one. And the master said to the servant, now go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in that my house may be filled. Hear me today, God wants a full house. So for I tell you, none of the men who were invited shall taste of my banquet. Here's my last question. Will you invite others? I'm just reading you the passage. Not only do you have a requirement, Pat, that you have to respond, you have to do something with this information. You have to hear the word, you become responsible to it. When you hear the gospel, you become responsible. You have to make a decision. What are you gonna do with this man named Jesus? What are you gonna do with this information about the, uh, forgiving somebody? What are you gonna do about letting this sin go? You are now responsible. But hear me today, not only are you responsible for that, but you're also responsible to go according to the word of God and compel the people in the city who are poor, who are disqualified, who are outsiders and broken and are hurting. You have to go and compel them. You gotta go and persuade them. You gotta go and urge them to come, to come in. Mark 16, Jesus, in his final words, talking to his disciples, documented, said this, go, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and proclaim my good news. Go tell them about this invitation. Go tell them about this, this new life. Go tell them about this new season that they could experience. Now you have to understand, when Jesus said that, according to Mark 16, there were only 11 people standing there. That's what the Bible tells us. He told 11 people that. 11 people hear him say, go into all the world. And they begin to go out. And people begin to be saved. And baptized and spirit-filled and life changed and hearts transformed and it just kept growing and growing and growing and growing and you're here today in Columbus, Mississippi 
Because in Mark 16, Jesus told 11 people to go. Now that you're here, have you gone anywhere? Have you gone to your job? Have, have you talked to anybody in your family? Have you posted anything? Have you said anything? Have you mentioned the good news to anybody? The most effective form of, of evangelism isn't necessarily what I'm doing right now, just so you know. It isn't standing up here and getting a message together and getting words together. And it, is, and it works and we're thankful, but the most effective form is grassroots. It's talking to each other. It's inviting friends and family over and saying, you know what? I was in your shoes one time, and, but, but I gave my life to Jesus. I started going to church and he changed my life. You should come to church with me. You, you got to come be a part of, of what God is doing in my life. You got to see this. I'm telling you, it changed everything. You don't got to be churchy and wordy and be like, now let me get you a big King James Version Bible. No, you just tell them like, hey, listen, I found, I found living water. Like I, I, I could have been, like I was so depressed and broken and, and share your story. Because people may not often believe a sermon, but they'll hear your story. Go share your story. Go out. Go. Compel them to come in. People that are on the outside need to be getting in on the inside. So here's what I want you to do. I, when you came in, you saw that big sign that says, Welcome Home. And there are over 700 and something light bulb slots, like places for a light bulb. And here's what I want you to do, church. I'm going to commission you as your pastor. Can you do this for me? In the next X amount of weeks to the end of the year, I need you to go and I need you to invite and I need you to compel and I need you to urge and I need you to reach the world because the devil's reaching the world. Media is reaching the world. News is me re reaching the world. Social media is reaching the world. Murder is reaching the world. Death, rape, lust, incest, it's reaching the world. Why can't the Holy Spirit of God reach the world? If 11 people, according to the Word of God, turn the world upside down, if 11, can you imagine what this room alone could do? If we just came together and went and obeyed the words of our Lord and said, go. Out in the lobby, we have these light bulbs available. Here's what I want you to do. We're gonna have a team of people out there to help you. And I want you, there's gonna be black markers out there. And I want you to write the names of the people that you're gonna invite in the next X amount. How many weeks to the end of the year? So I'll keep saying X amount. Anybody know that number? Huh? Four, that can't be right. Five, five, all right, five, five. Thank you, whoever said four, we bless you. Hate being wrong in front of everybody, but <laughs> you was wrong. Just kidding, just kidding. We have five weeks to the end of the year, and I need you to write the names of people on this light bulb. And I want you to, to screw that light bulb in. And those light bulbs are gonna be prayed over by our prayer team, Every time you walk past that sign out there, I want you just to just pray, God, in Jesus' name, save them. Every time I walk past that 
ball, that, that, that sign for the next few weeks. I'm gonna to point to that thing. If I can remember and say, God, you, it is your heart, it is your desire that all men be saved. And we're just sending out as many invitations as we can to get in the presence of God. So I want you to go. I want you to write names on these bulbs. We're gonna screw those things in. And throughout the entire month of December, we're gonna know and we're gonna pray and we're gonna believe God. We're gonna see people get saved that have never been saved before. We want people to be here at Christmas that, that don't know Jesus. And you're gonna to have to help us do this because we have a responsibility to go. I'm gonna tell you this story. Didn't plan on telling it. But one day I was, I was working with a guy and uh, this man needed Jesus more than anybody in the world. I mean, this dude was crazy, <laughs> okay? And, and I, uh, I knew this man needed Jesus. And I said, God, I, feel, I felt compelled to reach him for Christ. Just, just, just casually, how do, I, how do I help this guy? You know, and I didn't want to come across too churchy and religious. I'm just trying to think you through. And, and so I promise this is what happened. I said, God, give me an opportunity with this guy to help him. And I want him to know Jesus. Give me an opportunity to know this guy. True story, his car breaks down. And he, and he was at work, and he said, hey, man, would, could you give me a ride to work all week? I just need a ride to work all week. I said, yeah, give you a ride to work all week. So we had about a 15-minute ride together. And during our time together, I found little ways to start leaking in. Man, yeah, I go to church, yeah. It really helps me. I mean, I, I gave my life to Jesus. I, 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 and so I was just a little bit here and there, just, just sprinkling it in. And I promise you, I would sit outside when I pulled up to his house in Ohio. It's always freezing cold, so you had the heat blaring. And I would lay hands on his seat. I promise you I did this. And I would say, Father, in the name of Jesus, you love this man more than I love this man. But I sense you want to do something in his life. And so, God... I pray that the blinders be removed according to the book of Ephesians. I pray that his heart, I pray that he'll be drawn to you. I pray, Holy Spirit, touch him and speak to him and reveal yourself to him. And for days, we sat together. The next week, his car was still broke. I got another week with him. The third week, his car was still broke. I got another week with him. The fourth week, his car was fixed and he still wanted to ride with me. I ended up finally getting him to go to church. Finally got him to go to church. And I was nervous because we took him when my dad was preaching at a psycho church. Like the worst of the worst. And I was like, oh, Lord. But this is the night he wanted to come. I'm going to tell you, this is real. I didn't know I was going to share this. I need to make sure I put this in the next service. I promise you this is what happened. I mean, you guys know I come from Pentecostal heritage, so there's some abuses and some psychos out there and, you know, crazy stuff, you know, Pastor Ron stuff, you know. <laughs> so we go to this service, and I'm telling you, it is buck wild, and I'm like, oh, this guy's never coming back. I, I've been working on this guy for a month, and leave it to these people going to scare him off. And you better believe, listen to what I'm about to tell you. We're at this church. I'm telling you, there had to be 40 people. 40 people in this little church. Before we went to church, we worked together. And he said, I'll go to church with you. 
And, and so we never left each other's side. We actually ended up jumping in the car with my dad. We never left each other's side. We were always together. I want you to hear this. Before my dad came and picked me up was the very first time he opened his heart to me. And he goes, yeah, sometimes I struggle with depression. And he began to share things. And to say, it was the first time I saw a little bit after weeks of working on him, I started seeing God do something in him right then. We go to church that night. And I promised to God that wild preacher says, you, and called him out. I said, oh my God. Please don't, please don't, please don't, please don't, please don't. He goes, come here. I was like, Mitch, his name was Mitch. He's like, please don't cuss, please don't cuss. Preacher, don't be crazy. I felt like I was the mediator between God and man. Mitch goes up there, and, and, and that preacher, as God as my witness, said to him, the Lord just showed me that you were depressed and started saying everything that he told me like four hours before, verbatim. That's the Holy Spirit, just so you know. That, could, that preacher didn't know anything. Preacher still doesn't know anything. But he was used by God. And I, all I did was plant the seed. And that preacher, God used to water that seed. And we watched that man give his life to Christ at the altar that day. All because I felt in my heart to send an invitation, to, to, to write on the light bulb, so to speak, to send out an invitation and just believe you can be saved, you can be healed, you can be restored. This can be for you. You can have abundant life. I need you to do that for somebody. I need you to pray for somebody. I need our church to gather in the spirit of prayer for the next five weeks. And I want you to start praying over empty seats and start speaking names and asking God to heal people and to save people and to restore people. Not because we want the room full for our ego. No, no. We don't want the room full so we're impressive for cool pictures on social media. We want the room full because the Bible says he wants his house filled. That's what we just, did we just read that? He says, I want my house filled. So will you stand with us all over the room? Are you thankful for the Word of God today? After service, you'll also find these invitation cards for our Christmas services. You can take these, a bunch of them, they're available. Pass them out to friends, family, whatever. Get the, get the Word out. I need you to, to go send out invitations. All right, this is commissioning, introductory sermon to the series. We're all responsible to send out invitations, okay? Now, before I close, I need to do this. If you don't know Jesus today, the Holy Spirit marked your day today. This moment, I feel it in my heart. Someone's going to get saved here in a minute. I sense it. You came today thinking you were going to just watch a baptism service. You came, you came here with some preconceived ideas of what you thought church was, and God just wrecked your world today. Are you, this is going to be a day that changed your life forever, forever, for eternity. 
with eyes closed all over the room. If you don't know Jesus and you have never said yes to God in your life, maybe you've even gotten away and you need a fresh start. I want to ask you today, uh, if you're in the room and you want to accept Christ, I want you to raise your hand nice and, uh, nice and high when I count to three. And when you raise that hand, it is a commitment to you. I feel to do this. I feel to do this. If you're in the room today, I don't care if it's just one person and you need to give your life to Jesus, I want you to come to the front right now. I know it may be hard. Maybe you need to rededicate your life and you may be embarrassed and say, God, I'm scared. I don't want to do this. I want to invite you. I'm going to stand right here. I'll be right here waiting on you. And if you want to say, I want to give my life to Jesus, somebody needs to radically make a decision today radically make the decision today are you ready i'm going to count to three if you raise your hand i want you to come are you ready one two three come on thank you for those hands thank you for those hands come on church people are coming 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 pastor ron and miriam can you play with them people are coming people are coming people are coming great 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 i don't do this to embarrass people i don't do this to shame people the Bible says, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father. There's too many of us in the secret service for God, right? And today, somebody needs to make some outrageous decisions and check yes on the invitation, amen? I said amen. Come on, with hands raised all over the room. Maybe you wanna put your hand on your heart. The altar's still open. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. We send the invitation today. We send the invitations today. We pray, we accept the invitation today.